Hello and welcome to A Higher Tuning. I'm your host, Ron Skinner. Today we're going to look at a very controversial topic that was raised during episode three. And that is, in our current worship ministry, we have people serving that are not saved. They're at different points in their Christian journey. We're going to talk about that topic today. So if that sounds interesting to you, stick around as we delve into the topic together on a higher tuning for when standard tuning is not enough for your worship ministry. How saved must someone be to serve? That's a really pertinent question that we need to ask ourselves as worship leaders. I agree that we should all be striving toward learning more about God, to getting into a deeper relationship with God. However, some of our worship ministries only cater to the saved saints, so saintly, in fact, that the requirement list to be a part of the worship ministry is nothing short of that required to be a pastor, that required to be a deacon. Now, granted, these are wonderful goals. However, God has placed us in a place of development, a place of discipleship, and a place of growth for all those in our church who are in many different places in their spiritual walk. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to give an unsaved, unspiritual individual a microphone on Sunday morning and ask them to speak a blessing over the congregation. No. But there are ways for them to be successful in your worship ministry as we strive toward one purpose, and that purpose is discipleship. It is taking someone deeper, one step further in their faith journey with Christ. So we have people that are, that are not saved serving in our worship ministry in some way, shape, or form. Let me give you an example. Over the years, we've had several people that have come from all different backgrounds and, and church histories and some that have had no church history at all. But music itself is attractive to musicians. In fact, good musicians will often attract other good musicians, so much so that your church ministry can become a front door to the assimilation process of your entire church through the music ministry. I think of a guy named Chris. Chris is probably one of the best drummers I've ever heard. But Chris was a very closed-off individual. He was an Army recruiter and, and served in the Army band as a drummer. And he and his wife came to our church. They were new to the area and only there for two years. And as soon as I heard through the grapevine that Chris was a drummer in the U.S. Army Band, I immediately thought in my head, son, when can you start? Every church could use a drummer or two, and one that the U.S. Army approved as good enough to play in the band was definitely one that needed to be on my radar. So I approached Chris and just proposed, man, would you just want to come and drum with us? Very closed off reaction said, you know what? I'm not really looking for friends. I'm only here for two years and then I'm gone. And it was tough to break into Chris's life. But one Wednesday night, he came to our rehearsal and just started playing with us. Didn't have much conversation with with people. Was definitely welcomed by everyone. In fact, I noticed the worship team and the musicians all made a point to, to speak with him, get to know him and uh, try to love on him a little bit. But Chris was a pretty closed-off guy. Well, Chris started playing with us on a regular basis. And I remember one Sunday specifically, at the end of our worship time together, 
As the invitation music started, we began singing. Everything was totally normal. And just as the bridge, the worship song, and the drums should have come in at that moment, there was silence. No drums at all. I peered over my shoulder to see what was going on. Maybe maybe Chris had fallen asleep or just trying to figure out what happened, but Chris wasn't there. The drum set was vacant, but I did notice behind the drum set, there was a man laid prostrate on the ground, and it was Chris. After the song, I went over to Chris and I said, man, you know, what's going on? And Chris, with tears in his eyes, said, I just became a follower of Jesus Christ. I remember there wasn't a dry eye on the stage. And from that day on, Chris became a completely new person. It was evident in his, in his life and in his walk and in his family. There was joy that actually radiated from Chris's face. You could see it in his demeanor. You could see it in his family. They were no longer closed off and in welcomed conversation with others. And it was so much fun to see that type of a change in someone's life. Well, two years came and went, and Chris went on to his new assignment. But I remember calling the new area where Chris was headed, and I called a few churches there and just told them about Chris and said, hey, this would be a wonderful drummer for your worship ministry, and was able to get a church on the ground when Chris and his family arrived to help them move in. And Chris is still playing drums with them today. And that's what it's all about. It's about kingdom growth, not about musical growth, not about musical excellence, but about developing people deeper into their faith. Now, I want to step back from that story, and I want to examine it a little further. How did I do that? Well, first, you have to have conversations with people. You have to find out where they are spiritually. Now, for me, I'm a pretty pretty uh, high extrovert. And so having conversations with people for me is, is second nature. For some, that's not as easy of a task to come out and have that type of a conversation with someone they may not know. This is where the audition process that we discussed in episode three really comes in. You can hide behind this process as a way to find out the information to dig deeper into someone's life and get to know them. The second thing I want us to look at is Chris wasn't a a saved individual. He wasn't someone that had a deep spiritual upbringing or a deep spiritual uh, background, but was someone who came just because he liked to be a musician and just because he liked to be around other musicians. We have to first believe that it's okay for people to like music more than the mission. Many of your musicians will be more enthralled with what you're doing musically than they will be about the greater mission of the church. While it's not okay for them to stay there, we want to develop them. We want to grow that. It's okay if that becomes the front door to allow them to dive deeper into discipleship. And guess what? God gave them to you to develop, and God gave you them to be developed. So it's an opportunity that we shouldn't squander. Thirdly, I want to point out a reality that exists for us in the worship ministry. If you look at your congregation now, as you probably already have, you have likely scoured your entire congregation for volunteers. And there are many times where we throw our hands up in the air and we say, God, if you would just send someone to my church that has the gifts of playing drums, if you would just send me a female singer, God, I promise I would use her. 
but God doesn't. They don't show up next Sunday at our church, and they don't send you a text message saying, hey, God told me to text you because I'm supposed to be involved in XYZ. So how do you find volunteers that, that aren't at your church? Simply you go out into the world and you get them. Now let me explain on how I do this. For those of you that are in ministry, whether it be full-time, bivocational, tri-vocational, or can I get a vacational? You can still be involved in going out and finding people to serve in your worship ministry. For those of you that are full-time, have you ever noticed how difficult it is to actually have a conversation with someone who's lost? Not because you don't have the theological training or the desire to share the gospel, but we are always constantly surrounded by saved church folk. Whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's our meetings through the week, they're always with church people. You have to find a pocket of lostness to get into each and every week to be able to find people to have the gospel conversation with. This takes intentionality. It may be the golf course. It may be your gym. It may be some other avenue in your life where you can serve, just as Paul did, a tent maker in the world. For me, one of the best ways I have found to, to find new musicians is just to go to Guitar Center or go to Sam Ash, or go to another music store in your town. And what I do is I'll grab a guitar off the wall, or I'll, I'll go grab a keyboard or, or some drums or whatever the case be, and I'll just start laying down a groove. And I'll put the amplifier on maybe five and just start laying down a little groove. And somewhere in the store, somebody will begin soloing over that groove. It's almost inevitable. Once they do, we casually make eye contact as if to give them a nonverbal approval of their soloing over the groove. Then I turn the volume up just a little bit and allow them to continue soloing. Once it's over, I, I go over to them and say, man, that was awesome, and introduce myself. And all of a sudden, I've broken the ice and I'm able to have that conversation with them. Usually that conversation ends with, man, you know, are, are you playing anywhere right now? Would you like to come and jam with us on a Wednesday night? You know, and then, yeah, man, I'm a minister of music at a local church and would love to have you just come jam with us. And you would be surprised at how many people jump all over that invitation. Now, when they arrive on a Wednesday night, I've done a few things already ahead of them. Firstly, I've called them and I've explained to them exactly what the evening's going to look like. It's going to look like this. We'll get together. I'd love for you to come 30 minutes early so I can show you how to use the in-ear system and the closed comms to be able to hear what's going on, how to adjust the clicks and the backing tracks and also the other instrumentalists. I'd love to introduce you by name to everybody on the worship team, and I do this each and every week. I'll introduce the new individual who's just checking us out to everybody around the horn multiple times throughout the evening. Then we're going to rehearse the songs for Sunday morning, and then we're going to work on a couple of new songs that are coming up months from now. And then we're also going to have a time of devotion at the end. And man, it'll be so much fun. I, I know that you'll enjoy yourself, and I know that they'll enjoy having you there, you know, because you're just such a talented musician. And then I call all of the worship team and prepare them for the new individual, give them a couple of little tips and pointers on uh, who's coming. And I do this so that when that person arrives for rehearsal on Wednesday night, they don't just connect with me. I will definitely be the first person that they connect with when they walk through the door, but a discipleship ministry will die if I remain their only connection. I've got to get them connected to others. 
So it's grafted into our DNA that the worship team expects each week there to be somebody new. And in fact, in six years of ministry at this particular church, uh, there may be less than 20 rehearsals we've ever had where someone new hasn't attended. It's part of our growth. It's part of our DNA. So it's normal to have someone there who's not necessarily on the docket for Sunday morning or maybe not even a Christian. And our worship team members absolutely love making those connections. And I love watching them make those connections. They're being the hands and feet of Jesus. They're loving on others. And they're using music as the means to do that. So let's put a bow on this subject. Come up with a few distinctives. Firstly, having lost people involved in your worship ministry is a blessing. It's a blessing to you and it's a blessing to them. I'm a firm believer that when lost people get around saved people and they see life change, they see that we like each other, that we genuinely get along with one another, then they start to ask questions. They start to inquire as to how can these people be so happy? How can these people be so content, so loving of one another? And then we can introduce them to the God of all compassion who empowers us to love one another just as he himself first loved us. Well, hey, thanks for sticking around for this episode of A Higher Tuning for when standard tuning's just not enough for your worship ministry. Join us next week as we're going to talk about choirs. How do you incorporate discipleship into a choir ministry? Stay tuned, and we'll see you on the next podcast of A Higher Tuning for when standard tuning is just not enough for your worship ministry.